Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Live in the freedom that God loves you unconditionally. And He loves you unconditionally. God's love for you is unconditional. Preaching that God loves you unconditionally is the wrong message. God has a good will towards everybody, believers and non-believers. But there is another love reserved only for those who embrace the gospel and put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Time coming, bud. Todd? Todd? What? (laughs) What are you doing? Excuse me, I think it's obvious I'm doing my Taylor Swift Bible study. Uh. (laughs) This is Wretched Radio. Let's go to Vegas, only in our minds, because personally, if I never go there again, a Lutheran church. Sorry, my Lutheran friends. And by the way, if you're not familiarized with Lutheranism, you do need to say it that way. That is the correct Midwestern pronunciation for the denomination of the great reformer. Taylor Swift is being taught as a part of a Bible study in a Lutheran church in Las Vegas. Where else? You say, help us understand what exactly does that look like? Well, silly rabbit, Haven't you learned yet that you can do anything you want with the Bible? (laughs) You have standpoint hermeneutic where your worldview, your experiences, how tall you are, what your gender is, if you're a cowboy or a truck driver or a lawyer, you interpret the Bible through that filter. Well, apparently you can do that with Taylor Swift. Wish I were joking. From the Washington Times. And I'm going to say this. Mournfully, because this is actually a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school. I don't think that should besmirch the entire LCMS, but it is the biggest Lutheran school in the country. And the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is confessional. So this is really out of sorts with them. I suspect they heard about this at HQ in St. Louis and went, Ufta, which is what Lutherans and St. Louis are inclined to say when they're surprised. Uh, Let's read the details, must we? Yep, we're going to. We take Taylor Swift song lyrics and we connect them to Bible verses. And then we just talk about how they connect. All righty then. This isn't totally wrong, but it's entirely backwards. You want to understand the lyrics of Taylor Swift, whether they are good, bad, right, or wrong. Yeah, you use your Bible. That's what Bereans do. But you don't use Taylor Swift lyrics to understand the Bible. That's the problem with these reversed hermeneutics. Anytime we can make the Bible relevant. Mm. Paging pragmatism. Paging pragmatism. Anytime we can make the Bible relevant, and even if it's just the content of the lyrics that draws them to the Bible study, and then they dive into God's word. It's connected to God's word. It hits our mission statement. Everyone prepared, everyone saved. Well then, apparently, in order to make Jesus attractive, we need to put Taylor Swift lipstick on him. That's what this is, an admission. We don't know how to make Jesus interesting enough for middle schoolers. They found an echo 
from scripture in her lyrics, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, which is, by the way, what we were just listening to for the uninitiated into the world of Taylor Swift. It's from her 2019 album, Lover. Here's how it works. I'll never let you go. This is Taylor. I'll never let you go. And by the way, why does she sing like that? That is just not the way I imagine she talks. Is that in an effort to try to hit her demo? <laughs> Probably Sound so. Sound relevant? Yep. I'll never let you go because I know this is a fight that someday we're going to win. That's the lyric from Taylor Swift. You say, to what Bible verse can you attach that? Well, Deuteronomy 23 through 4. Do not be afraid. See? Don't be afraid. As you go out to fight your enemies today, boom, there it is. She, she's not going to let her relationship go. She's going to fight for a relationship. And that's akin to the Jewish people being afraid of their war enemies. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight you uh, for you against your enemies. And he will give you victory. See what they did right there? Now, in an effort to reveal just how ludicrous this is, if we can use Taylor Swift to understand the Bible, why not an Adolf Hitler Bible study? You go, well, because it's Adolf Hitler. And I don't care who it is. Taylor Swift, Adolf Hitler, Elvis Presley. Now, whilst I personally would be more interested in that, that's not the way to do a Bible study. But <sighs> I hate to admit this, but... The finances at this ministry were hurting. So I just put pen to paper and I'm working on the Elvis Presley Bible study and I'm really making some great progress. Jimmy, this could be a blockbuster for the ministry. They're going to sell big time, baby. I'm looking forward. In fact, I suspect already if I go check my emails, Lifeway is in there going, tell us <laughs> when it's going to be done so we can publish it for you. You see, my Anna. Ah, suspicious minds. Uh, that's connected to putting the best construction on everything. Because if he were doing that, then he wouldn't have a suspicious mind. He wouldn't be caught in a trap. And he'd, he'd, he'd be able to walk out, even though he loves her too much, baby. You see how this works? This is, this is so helpful, isn't it? All shook up. Well, that's clearly John 14. One, don't let your heart be troubled. And finally... I've only got three done, mercifully. Hound dog. Do, do not cast pearls before swine or dogs. See it right? That's how you interpret the Elvis. <laughs> you say, Frio, I don't think you've made the point clear enough. All righty, then how's about a marshmallow Bible study? Why not? Reese's peanut butter cup Bible study. Why don't we use anything we want? Why limit it to Taylor Swift? Oh, I know she's fabulous. But you see, marshmallows are a lot like you. Your sins are white as snow. Marshmallows are white as snow. See what I did there? See what I see what I did there? A soft answer turns away wrath. This is gold. <laughs> you need to love each other s'more and s'more. You see. I'm learning so much about the Bible because of marshmallows. You can do this with whatever you want. Do it with Dunkin' Donuts. You've got a God-shaped hole in your heart. 
It's a low bibliology. And, 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 and this, is, this is going to sound brash, I suppose, but it's not intended to be that. If you can't make the Bible interesting enough for kids, you're in the, you're in the wrong field. You, you shouldn't be teaching kids. You're, you're not equipped. If, if, furthermore, if you do not have confidence that the Bible is the sufficient word of God, we hear from heaven. We all, everybody wants to know how to live, and everybody's willing to tell everybody how they're supposed to live, and we don't consult the one who actually knows how we are to live. And we think that we need to gussy it up to get the kids' attention with Taylor Swift. I got to tell you, I'm just, this should agitate us. And all these efforts to try to reach kids to make the gospel and to make the Bible either worldly or downright dumb is just offensive. And I think that we should be a little bit tired of it by now. Speaking of Las Vegas and the Super Bowl, hey, everybody's talking about the He Gets Us campaign. I can't share the commercial with you because there are no words. Instead, it's all images to show that Jesus is a socialist. I'm sorry, that Jesus gets us. So it's a police officer washing, watching a criminal's feet. It is a priest washing a gay person's feet. You get the point. And what if we all just washed each other's feet? And what if Jesus were the same as Mahatma Gandhi? Well, then that campaign would work. But what if Jesus is actually God who is returning in flaming fire to bring about full, complete, total, thorough destruction and retribution. What if he's that? And what if he, the first time he came, lived and died for sinners? That might change the he gets us. Does Here's the agitating thing. Does Jesus get us? Yeah, he does. He's a sympathetic high priest. He was tempted in every way, just as we are. He does get us. But the Jesus that they're presenting, frankly, is a social gospel Jesus. We just need to be nice to one another. This is what people do. Liberal Protestants have done this really for well over. You can go back to Schleiermacher and Boltman and Tillich. You can take any one of your favorite German liberals, and they turn the Sermon on the Mount into the gospel. (laughs) Have you read the Sermon on the Mount? There isn't a whiff of gospel in it. It's a law, law, law. Go ahead. Read three chapters, the longest treatment of Jesus' words, his teaching, not his preaching. He sat down and taught as a rabbi. His teaching was all law. And that's not the gospel. And that's why he gets us is woefully misleading, deficient, and powerless. This is Wretched Radio. Might I, first of all, thank you for the hundreds of wretches who supported Masters Academy International last year. And if you are now perhaps intrigued by what they do at Masters Academy International, would encourage you to check them out. Yes, we're doing a Bible distribution program with them, but they're training pastors around the globe. Seminary trained students at the Master Seminary return to their native land 
and they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini-seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. And these indigenous pastors trained at the Master's Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. It is a wonderful ministry and you could be supporting a pastor, you could be supporting a seminary overseas and you'll be strengthening the local church. You can do that at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Okay, so imagine that you're inside of a maze and every corner that you take, there's another wall, there's another obstacle and you finally get to the point of frustration where you think you're never going to get out. But then imagine a different scenario. You're still inside that maze, but every corner you take is a guide who has a flashlight and is saying, nope, that's the right way to go. And in that scenario, we welcome you to Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. And whether you've listened or not, you'll realize really quickly it's not your everyday radio show. Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford takes issues that many, if not all of us, struggle with, and it matches them up to hope and healing through the pages of the Bible. It is genuinely an entirely new perspective. New episodes drop every Saturday morning in your favorite podcast spot or at transformed.org slash podcast transformed with dr greg gifford who will speak for those who are staggering to the slaughter seems like right now would be a good time to encourage you to support preborn ministries they're in it it's a little complex out there with the internet and ordering pills they're in the game they're working hard to save babies and save mommies and daddies with the gospel. So if you are energized about life, that's something you can do. You can support Preborn. They provide free ultrasounds despite the accusations of all pro-life clinics. They are holistic. They do care about the mommy too. And they care for the family and they provide training. And it is literally a way that if you have the means, you can be saving a life. Amazing ministry. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. When Habakkuk saw violence and injustice in Judah, he complained to God. God promised to use the Chaldeans to punish Judah. But Habakkuk complained that they were even worse than Judah. God said that he would punish the Chaldeans after using them to purify Judah. God uses all things for his glory and the good of his people, even evil things. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes. Yes, we are. This is Wretched Radio. Just thinking about the Taylor Swift Bible study. I told you we were going to beat this horse to death. And this stinger, too. (laughs) Just thinking. If we have a Taylor Swift Bible study, why do I even need to read the Bible? I just need to listen to Taylor Swift. And then I'm being fed the word of God or... Something like that. And uh, continuing our theme of beating the horse, Jimmy, you brought up the he gets us business yeah. from Las Vegas. Right. And not only is it, in my estimation, at best a social gospel ploy, but it's a bait and switch. And because if, if 
you're going to show Jesus as a socialist who just came to bring about world peace, that we'd all just love one another, then what happens when people, let's just say, go to He Gets Us and they hear the gospel? Oh, wait a second. (laughs) They don't. So what do they do? They farm you out to somebody who has clearly not been filtered. In other words, they send you to some pastor or to a church. And Jimmy, if I recall the last time we checked on He Gets Us about a year ago, mm-hmm. it's just a smattering hodgepodge liberal booyah of churches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So eventually, though, let's just say you discover somehow that Jesus didn't come so we'd all just wash, e- wash each other's feet, but he came to die for sinners and command all people everywhere to repent. Hey, what happened to socialist Jesus? I liked the peacemaker Jesus. Who's this guy? Well, he's the guy of the Bible. That's who he is. But Jimmy, you pointed out that the He Gets Us campaign, mm-hmm. when you go to the website, what oh. exactly do they affirm? Is it the five solas? Uh, no. Is no. the Nicene Creed, the Chalcedonian Creed, the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles' Creed? <laughs> no, no, none Tell of that. Tell me, please. The Westminster Confession of Faith. <laughs> so if you look under their, uh, I guess it's this, their frequently asked questions. Um, they're asked, what is your stance on the LGBTQ plus community? Don't tell me. Here's their answer. Okay. Wait, Uh, wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. Okay. All right. I'm going to imagine I'm (laughs) double-minded. So I agree with both sides. I have a funny feeling both sides are going to be placated. Go ahead. Um, Well, these are probably the most common questions we receive, and we understand why. Many of those who represent Jesus have made people in the LGBTQ plus community feel judged and excluded and others in the Jesus community have simply ignored their stories and lived experience. So let us be clear in our opinion. All right, here it is. Clarity. Jesus loves gay people. Jesus loves trans people. The LGBTQ plus community, like all people is invited to explore the story of Jesus and Mm. consider his example of unconditional love, grace and forgiveness of others. No matter who you are, you are invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider what it means for your life. Mystery solved. I know yep. who now writes for the He Gets Us website. Who's that? Andy Stanley. <laughs> what, 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 what was that? What, 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 was, what did we just hear? <laughs> and it's all about exploring the story. You see, he gets us. He was an outcast. He was vilified by those who pretended to love him. Does that sound familiar? He gets us. He was a rebel on the run. He gets us. He was abused. He gets us. So just explore the story with relatable Jesus. Well, that is certainly an aspect of Jesus that we don't want to shelve, but to lead with the some of the secondary tertiary points of the entire, no, the quadrary, like way down the list points about Jesus in the New Testament. And we use that to try to bait and switch people in. But here's the punchline. There's no switch in the bait. What are they bringing these people? Just explore the story. Yeah, I don't even understand what that means because nowhere in the Bible did Jesus invite people to explore him. He called them to repent. So it doesn't make any sense. 
There was a, I don't know if you saw the YouTube video, can't show it because again, there was no sound to it. They said, Here, here's an alternative take. If you didn't see the original He Gets Us video, it's different people who are traditionally, let's just say, at odds with one another, washing each other's feet. And by the way, it always, it, it just, it's funny, but we don't see any sort of like a liberal washing the feet feet of somebody who's conservative it's always the other way and, as if we've surrendered any of our values and that is such a, a misleading thing yes jesus washed the feet of people but he washed the feet of his disciples one of which he cast into hell right well that does bring up a reasonable consideration the foot washing that we see on the night that jesus was betrayed is that normative is that an ongoing practice was that some sort of of ceremony, because we don't need foot washing like they did in the first century. So you would then have to say it would be like marriage. It, it, it's a right. I, that's, I, I wonder where the Roman Catholic Church puts foot washing as some sort of rite and ritual that you have to perform. Um, because why else would we continue to do it in any way, shape, or form if it weren't some sort of rite or ritual or biblically authorized ceremony. We only see two of those in the New Testament, Lord's Supper and believer's baptism. That's it. Where does foot washing come in? It's in an historical narrative. It is not a didactic section of John. There's plenty of teaching in that gospel, plenty of teaching. But this is just a historical detail of something that Jesus did. Is it to be emulated? I don't think so, but the point remains the point remains that we should be serving one another, that we should esteem ourselves lower than others. That would be your Philippians 2, twice in Romans chapter 14. That's the point of it, and it applies in different contexts in different ways. Nevertheless, if, if they wanted to show what Jesus is all about, the alternative video that somebody made was pictures of like a Rosaria Butterfield. And it's that, the, the letters came up, the words came up, former lesbian. And then it was, it was somebody who was a, a really a criminal, now a believer. And it showed all of these different people who have been redeemed from their former lives. How's about he doesn't get us? How's about he saves us? Much superior video. This was written in the Christian Post. This is one Andrew Walker. He's a ethics prof up at Southern Sem uh, commenting on the He Gets Us campaign. And he's right. It just, it's always got that leftward lilt. It, it always seems to embrace left and punch right, which here's another example. Christian left leaders launch national campaign to mobilize voters ahead of 2024 to wake up the sleeping giant. So liberal theologians are going out to try to get poor people to vote. And Russell Moore has had it. And he's criticizing the people on the left. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Just, just punch to the right. Same thing. Andrew Walker, the ethics and public theology professor at Southern Baptist Sem. He gets us framed evangelism with a leftward tinge, communicating the respectability of certain sins over, other in our, over others in our culture. That's true. It's curious. Jesus never showed up washing feet at Make America Great Again rally, a truck stop porn store in Alabama. 
to dilapidated and drugged out factory workers in Ohio or a white nationalist militia meeting in Michigan. You see, all the foot washing was done to people who are on the other side of morality or even the political landscape. If Jesus really is for all sinners, we should want right-wing racists converted as well, right? Don't we want them to explore Jesus? How would we respond to Jesus washing the feet of someone outside the Capitol on January 6th? Oh, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be authorizing that bingo. That's what this appeared to do. It, it, it gave an affirmation of those sins like ain't no big whoop. Walker went on, the socially high status sins of the left are the ones Christians are told to evangelize, not the low status sins of the deplorable right because they're the ones truly outside of redemption's reach. Now, Michael Knowles over at the Daily Wire, he's a Roman Catholic. He didn't think it was so bad. Why? Because he's pragmatic. As long as some people come to explore our Lord, he said, then it's okay. And he wrote or said, we recall the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet and realized this was the perfect example of how we should treat one another. Even though those people with whom we don't see eye to eye. Well, should we go out in the streets and just start washing people's feet? Is that, the, is that our evangelism strategy? Is that what we're supposed to be doing so that people will explore Jesus? Now, this is so pragmatic. Hey, we can distort Jesus as long as they explore him. Eventually, hopefully, sometimes they're introduced to the real one. But until then, we'll be pragmatic and we'll present socialist Jesus who turns a blind eye to sin and who never is presented as the God-man that he is. What a terrible waste of money. And ooh, some year we'll hear the effects. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start in Minnesota, where a high school has created a separate student council for just indigenous students. They claim it promotes inclusion, but apparently inclusion doesn't apply to non-indigenous kids. <laughs> Silly us. We thought segregation ended years ago. The Biden administration is spending nearly a million bucks to fund studies aimed at denying that there are two genders. Three universities have received grants to examine how biology curriculum that state scientific facts actually impacts the feelings of transgender students. Well, we wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings with facts now, would we? Up in Woke Portland, you can now get disciplined at school based on your skin color or gender identity. It's true, under a new policy, race and gender have to be considered when punishing students. Essentially, they're encouraging discrimination as long as it's against the right groups. And this one really bothers me. After 60 years of voluntary service, a 90-year-old California woman was kicked to the curb by the National MS Society for not understanding pronouns. Apparently, her decades of dedication meant nothing compared to this grave offense of calling someone exactly what they are. She didn't realize when they said inclusion, they meant just the trendy groups. This is absolutely ridiculous. In Chicago, the mayor has canceled high-tech surveillance systems that are designed to detect gunfire in real time. He claimed it unfairly targeted minority communities, even though that's where the most of the shootings are occurring. 
can't have anything that actually reacts to factual data, no matter what the factual data uncovers. Now, that would be racist. I guess stopping violent crime takes a backseat to woke politics. In the state of Colorado, they're considering an assisted suicide bill that would reduce the waiting period to just 48 hours, which leaves absolutely no time for someone to change their mind. The bill would also allow out-of-state residents to travel to Colorado to be euthanized. Oh, talk about a grim tourism campaign. And in Illinois, a new bill could imprison parents if they don't help their minor daughters get abortions. That's right, not facilitating your child's abortion could land you in jail. Oh, Honest Abe would likely be doing somersaults right about now, wouldn't he? And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Mexican. Pneumatology is a study of the Holy Spirit. Scripture reveals that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force or manifestation, and He is God, the third member of the Trinity. His work is not to provide emotional highs or show up in glory clouds or gold dust. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness to the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes, <laughs> yes we are. <laughs> This is Wretched Radio. You can thank Jimmy, who went to the internet machine, and you typed in what exactly, Jimmy? I asked it to create, or I went to AI and asked it to create a Bible study based on Zaxby's ah, menu. A Zaxby's Bible study. Yeah. Now we're talking. So <laughs> you can get fed, and you can get fed. <laughs> Boom! I'm telling you, Jimmy. We are making money right now. Here we go. You actually sent it to me. So that you, I haven't read this. You literally just sent this to me. <laughs> Creating a Bible study inspired by Zaxby's menu. <laughs> Number one, chicken fingers are about trust and provision. <laughs> menu item, chicken fingers. Bible verse, Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds. Were they chickens? I guess. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. And your heavenly father feeds them. Oh, boom. <laughs> there it is. Right. Uh, suddenly the Bible is coming alive to me. <sighs> More abuse of the Sermon on the Mount. I've been doing a deep dive on the Sermon on the Mount. Confession. As we've been preaching through the Gospel of Matthew at Alpharetta Bible Church. I, I I knew the Sermon on the Mount was coming. I knew it was coming. It is a massive section of the Gospel of Matthew. I suspect if you took the three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount out of Matthew, it would be, hmm, I don't know that it would be longer than, say, Romans or maybe 1st or 2nd Corinthians, but it would be a, long, a much longer epistle. Maybe one of the longest epistles. It is a lot and I, 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 I'm, I've been looking at it like a mountain, no pun intended, because it's like, whoa, how are we going to tackle this thing? And here's something that we are going to consider, because as you're taking a look at a longer didactic section of Jesus, there are five in the Gospel of Matthew where we hear a longer discourse from him. What do you, what do, you do with it? How do you outline it? How do you frame it? So go ahead. In your mind, do that. It starts out with the Beatitudes and the Similitudes through verse 16. Then Jesus explains, I'm about to explain the law to you. 
And he doesn't stop. He just keeps going and going and going and going. That you thought this, I'm telling you this. You thought it was just adultery. You look with lust. You've heard it said. So he's magnifying the law and it's law, law, law. And then it's got things tossed in there like oaths. And then it's got how to pray and don't worry. Uh, Okay, you outline that. And so there's options. If you believe that it's actually a sermon, which it actually isn't, because he sat down to teach them, which is different than when Matthew in just a chapter earlier said that he began to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. There's a difference between preaching and teaching. And what we see in the Sermon on the Mount is teaching. The rabbi sat down. So if Jesus is teaching, perhaps a structural outline isn't something that we need to be as concerned about. But then we're still left asking a question. Why did Matthew present it like this? Why did he put all of this there? Well, if you'd like to hear the hopefully right answer to that question, we'll see you at Alpharetta Bible Church on Sunday morning. It's worth the commute. Actually, it's not. In fact, one of our not-so-unspoken rules, because we talk about it all the time, we've been discovering at this church plant that we have been working on since Christmas Eve day that people are willing to drive to go to a good church. And oftentimes, they're rather surprised when they show up with us. We're thrilled to pieces, love worshiping with every. We love the fellowship, love it. But if we discover that they're somewhere near a sound Bible church that's way closer to their home because they would have to drive a long distance to get to us, we really encourage them. You need to be closer. Just get closer to your home because you won't serve as much. You won't plug in as much. It, it, you're not going to be able to participate in stuff. When people are scattered long distances, and believe me, I get it. I'm not saying you're sinning. I understand. And there's dynamics and there's considerations, a lack of options. I understand. You've been going there for years. Whatever. I get it. But let's just say that it's a Bible church. And the people who go, they drive. Just think of the circumference surrounding the church. And let's just say it's 20 miles. All right, so you're on one side of the 20 miles, and somebody whose child just had an appendicitis and the appendix removed, and there's a meal train. You're going to drive 40 miles to be a part of that? Probably not. And so you miss out on that because the local church should be the place where we really do life together. Uh, You know, getting up each other's grill, well, not all the time and not regarding parenting and home issues. That's not a place where any of us belong in the home of somebody else to criticize. But to lovingly be involved in one another enough that we can say, hey, friend, I noticed this about you. Let's talk. That's what church is about. Oh, somebody's hurting. Oh, somebody's struggling. Oh, somebody's dealing with what? How can we help one another? That's what church is supposed to be about. Are you a member of a local church? Are you serving in a local church? I wish I'd started this years ago. I suspect I would have easily hundreds of examples of why it is so crucial for you to be 
in a good Bible-teaching local church. It will change your life. Not kidding. Jimmy? Yes? We're going to beat the horse some more. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> this is good stuff. But not, not, not really going to beat the horse. But as long as I brought up Andrew Walker, he wrote a piece in, was this World Mag that he wrote this? And this is going to be potentially a bit challenging for you. This, this might be hard for you. And if your immediate reaction to the article I'm about to present and challenge you with causes you to go, hey, what are you selling out America? Then this is probably exactly for you. I'm not suggesting that we somehow do a brain swipe and not, never think about what is happening in culture. I think that's what it means to be salt in light. Remember, salt stems off putrefaction. So we want to be salt and light. The question is, how do we do that? And Andrew Walker's article, Man's Chief End is Not Political Obsession, challenges us to perhaps do a a rebalancing of our involvement in our local church, that we become more consumed. Get ready for this. Now, this might strike you hard because I know what's at stake in culture. I get it. But you should be more consumed and concerned with what's happening in your local church than you are in Washington, D.C. How did that strike your ear? It, it probably was like, whoa, wait a second, Pally. Did you see what they what Joe Biden did today? No, I, I didn't. But I'd imagine it's something bad. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen one thing biblically good for the last few years. But are you more concerned about what's going on at church? Because it would indicate that our priorities are perhaps out of whack from Andrew Walker. Though we cannot stop the media from doing what it will do, it's our choice whether to make politics the central fixture of our focus. Did you catch that? The central fixture of our focus. Didn't say it's not a part of your focus. Didn't say it's not a little bit of your focus. It's not the central part. Walker confirms what I just said, affirms. I'm not saying to give up on politics. Heaven forbid. I'm saying to approach politics with proper perspective and cool-headedness. To paraphrase a quote from theologian Oliver O'Donovan, Christians might, get ready, this might hit you hard, Christians might be at their political best when talking about politics least. If your immediate reaction was to go, that's the problem. We don't have evangelicals engaged enough in politics, and that's why society is crumbling. Was that your initial reaction? Might I perhaps suggest there's another way of viewing it? Is it possible that because we evangelicals have been so consumed with politics that our culture is crumbling because we're not being the Christian salt and light that we're called to be? Now, I know that you can be salt and light in the political realm. Not a problem. But what we're talking about is in whom we place our trust, our hope, and to which realm do we give our attention and our energy and our primary effort to make better? Is it the world, Washington, D.C., or your local church? It should be your local church. And I know you go, <laughs> there goes the country. 
Well, I could say, until we start focusing on the local church again, there goes the country. (laughs) So rather than arguing it pragmatically, maybe we should discuss it biblically. Where does Jesus, wanting us to place our chief concern, this is Wretched Radio. Well, in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions, now comes a journey into the heart of real change. I'm talking about Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org slash transformed3. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats, but they get the gospel. They get the Bible. They get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't want to be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord, they pray together, and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record-breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool, and I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. One dollar per child per month encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, being a part of the Wretched family without even realizing it, you have become an unofficial encourager. When you listen to and you share our posts on social media and YouTube, you're actually encouraging not just us, but the other people that you're in connection with. So you are an unofficial encourager. We want to talk about upgrading that role from encourager to actually a frontline partner. And so I'm inviting you to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Think about it. Imagine with your support we could reach not just millions, but gazillions. All right, maybe not gazillions, but a lot of souls all over the world with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not in place in your life right now where you can do that, understand that we are still so appreciative of all of your encouragement. Wretched.org slash donate. That's where you'll find all of the answers to all of the questions that you possibly would ever have about becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Revelation. How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. One more, Jimmy, one more, and I'm telling you, 
That's it. Yeah, we're beating all kinds of horses here at Wretched Radio. Jimmy, go ahead. Teach us how to love the Lord more through our Zaxby's Bible study generated in a flash <laughs> well, by AI. It, it depends on which area of your life you want to grow oh, in. Give me some options, would you? Uh, well, we've got um, uh, uh, the <laughs> got comfort in God's love. Ooh. Courage and boldness. You know, comfort and God's love. I'm going to have to go with Zach Sauce. No. No? No, no. Uh, uh, Zach Sauce actually represents the flavor of life. But uh, wait a second. Is that really in? It is. Okay. If you do not know what we're talking about, well, be blessed. (laughs) So Zaxby's Bible study generated by AI has Zach Sauce as the flavor of life. With Colossians 4, 6, let your conversation be always seasoned with salt so that you may, that should be the seasoned salt. Exactly. They blew it. See, this is why AI, they ain't going to make it in showbiz. Here's the discussion. The unique flavor of Zach sauce enhances the dining experience, much like how our words seasoned with sauce. No, grace can enhance our interactions with witness to others. So this is basically this whole Taylor Swift Bible study, the Beatles Bible study, the Zaxby's Bible study. It's using them to illuminate the Bible. Mm-hmm. I see. Now, this this might, this might mm, be a little bit challenging. Did I mention I'm working through the Sermon on the Mount? Wow, that is a work. I'm telling you. Oof. And as I go through the Sermon on the Mount, I can't help but notice how Jesus' teaching, not his preaching, but his teaching, is very visual. He does use a lot of, if you will, visual aids. He doesn't hold up props. I mean, but he does use things in nature. For instance, the Sermon on the Mount. You've got a house builder. You've got a thief breaking in. You've got a log. You've got a speck. You got a dog. You got a hog. You've got you've got all of these earthy things to help us get it. So there's nothing wrong with illuminating the word of God with something in nature or a common experience that maybe helps us go, okay, I get it. But these Bible studies are far more than that. They actually put the object that that should just be the lesson on par with the Bible. That's what this does. And it, and it put, look at how closely it puts these together. So milkshakes are comfort in God's love. Second Corinthians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Discussion point. Milkshakes often seen as a treat or comfort food. <laughs> can represent, there it is, the comfort and love we receive from God, which we're then called to share with others. That, coming full circle, will be the next He Gets Us commercial. This, 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 let me me just make this as pithy as possible. The Holy Spirit is like a Zaxby's milkshake. Oh, is that what we really want to portray? 
And as long as we're beating horses, let me take you back to the Andrew Walker article that is a challenge for all of us. And it's 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 interesting. Now, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just presenting this for us to stretch a little bit and maybe consider our kingdom priorities. I don't know if I mentioned I'm working on the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, you read through them, and you gotta work really, really hard to somehow glean out of it that a good portion of our day should be consumed with current events. No, we shouldn't have our heads buried in the sand. But I'm looking through the Bible, and I just don't see it as a major focus or, frankly, that much of a concern of God's. He's doing what he wants to do for the building of a bigger kingdom, a more important kingdom. And in this year, when we are more inclined to spend more time and, frankly, more money on political endeavors. Let these words just cause you to do a little bit of a spiritual heart check. We want to make sure that we have priorities that are in alignment with our Savior's priorities. And Andrew Walker's words, I got to tell you, I think they challenge all of us, especially those of us who are in America. This article. I'll bet it doesn't get much traction in Canada. As as a generalization in Canada, they are far less concerned with political issues, freedoms, liberties, rights than we are in America. And I could I'll just use one example of that. This is my subjective under perspective on what Canadians tend to concern themselves with. Please note, I know I've I've seen I've seen the news stories too. There are certainly people that are involved in politics. But it's my observation, not as much. Case in point, guns. They just, like, there are some people, I know they care. This isn't 100%, but there are some people who care about guns. But they're not like, what do you mean you're going to take away our guns? Just isn't that way. The abortion issue, same way. It's just, there's nothing on the books about it. They just go about their business. And they're not as consumed by those issues, right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying your zip code really doesn't form where you turn your attention and how viscerally you respond to things. Because if, if, if you were in the first century, you, you would be thinking that our current system is utopia. I'm not saying that it is by any means. I'm just trying to illuminate the point that where you live, when you live, might determine where your passions are placed. And we need to ask ourselves the question, am I I placing all of my energy, my effort, what I can be doing to advance God's kingdom via the local church? Or do I maybe need to make something of an adjustment here? This is Andrew Walker convicting. If Jesus truly is king, and he most certainly is, earthly politics is at best secondary to our lives in this age. What should be more important is your family, your local church, and your relationships. Question, where do they fit? Especially your local church. Evangelical Christians need to be able to conduct their affairs as evangelical Christians without letting the external commentary swallow up the good work that's happening in evangelical churches or the political circus from distracting us from what makes us evangelicals. And he cites, just think about all of the good things that are happening in the local church. 
We, we are so inundated with bad stories. This is going on. This person did that. Kamala Harris said this. Ah, and everything's falling and everything is crumbling and it's all upside down, which I don't disagree with. But look at all the good stuff that's happening, even in the context of your local church, the quiet things, the real things, the interpersonal things, the face-to-face things, the Jesus-like things, the food pantries, the helping young families raise their kids uh, with dealing with marital issues, uh, building projects, and certainly sharing the good news of the gospel. There's so much good going on, and you can be participating in good as opposed to perhaps as embroiled in all of the negative. This is from Walker. For evangelicals, what occurs in the voting booth is much less, this is going to hit you hard, is much less significant. He didn't say it's not significant. He said it's much less significant than what is happening in our local congregations on Sunday or around your dinner table. In an election year, it is more than easy to collapse and reduce the most important things happening in America to politics, but they're not the most important thing. For us, what occurs in the voting booth should be less significant than what is happening in our local congregations on Sunday morning. Look, the world, observes Walker, sees us as a voting block. But inside of the church, that's just not, we're doing life with one another because we care about one another. Talking politics all the time, it's so surfacey. It's akin these days to talking about the weather. Or about the Super Bowl. Doing church life is knowing each other. Since 2016, writes Walker, too many are wasting their lives, careers, and emotional bandwidth in the intrigue of politics. How's that hitting you? If it's causing you to be a little bit agitated, might I simply challenge you to think it through? Just spend, let it sit a little bit. Just let, let, let this sift a little bit because this feels a bit like a punch in the nose because we evangelicals for decades have been trained to be the moral majority, to be the political activists. And I'm not saying we don't do those things. What Walker is saying is it's just not the big thing. So keep your wits. Pursue sanity. Go to church. Worship God. Let the word of God transform you. And maybe, just maybe, think a little bit less about politics even while you're doing your civic duty. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.